0: And the scripture that I want to read out of is Numbers chapter 21, uh, beginning in verse 4. When you have it, it it reads this way. It says, then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. How many have ever been uh, discouraged in your life? And the people spoke against God. And against Moses. They said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? He says, There is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. He's talking about the manna from heaven. So the Lord sent fiery serpents amongst the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. And therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we've spoken against the Lord, and we've spoken against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. But notice what the Lord said to Moses. Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. How I many know we've got to keep our eyes on the cross? So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. This morning, I wanna start a series of messages entitled, Let My People Heal. Let my people heal. How many of you know someone in your family that needs healing? Amen. Father, this morning, we thank you that you've given us the victory. We thank you for a wonderful spirit of praise and worship in this church, God. But this morning, I know that there are people that really- If I were to ask you if you had a fear, and wanna talk about fear more like a phobia, Would you know what it is? I think everybody has some kind of phobia within their life. Some people are afraid of heights. We were just recently hiking in Yosemite, and I haven't normally been afraid of heights, but I started to discover that maybe I was developing a little phobia of heights. I guess when you get older, you feel shakier. Come on, somebody. And uh, some of us have a fear of heights, can't get up in planes. Some people have a fear of germs. You're always washing your hands. You don't want to get sick. If you were gonna say, Pastor, do you have a phobia? Do you have a fear? I would tell you, yeah, I think I'm not afraid to admit that one thing that really freaks me out is snakes. Anyone out there that gets freaked out by snakes? Anyone out there that thinks that anyone that has a pet snake is a nut? (laughs) They named their pet snake Fluffy. Come on, somebody. I don't like snakes, I really don't. I think they're intriguing, I think they're, they're interesting. But to me, there's nothing attractive about them. They're slimy. They're greasy looking. Come on, somebody. To me, they look like a crawling sausage. Come on now. I don't want to pet a snake. I don't want to hold a snake. I don't want to look at a snake too long. They freak me out. I think the thing that kind of weirds me out about a snake mostly is that when you think about a snake, a snake is associated really with with pain. You think about getting bit, right? And those needle-like teeth. Come on somebody, somebody get freaked out right now. Yeah, those little syringes in their mouth just bite you. Come on now, you're like, ah, that hurts. And I hate needles too, that's why I never did heroin. Come on. (laughs) And not only the needle-like teeth and the bite, but how many know a lot of times snakes are associated with the poison, right? Now there aren't that many poisonous snakes in the world, but they do have that stigma that not only is it painful to be bitten by a snake, but that a snake will poison you. And when we look at the story of the children of Israel, we find that God had just given Israel a tremendous victory in the wilderness. But instead of giving God praise, they actually complained against God and they murmured against their leader. And what we find is that because they had that negative spirit, God allowed that those snakes to come into the camp and and, and when the snakes came into the camp, they actually bit the people and even some of the people died. When I think about those snakes coming into the camp, I can't help but to think about the world. Because how many know that when you hang out in the world, you might get bit by a snake? Come on, somebody. You might get injected with some poison. When I think about the people that walk into our church, there are some people that are even sitting here right now that you have poison flowing through your veins the poison of past hurt the poison of past pain the poison of a divorce the poison of someone treating you badly treating you unfairly facing some type of trial within your life how many know life can be poisonous sometimes and when i look at the scripture and i see that god kind of allowed those snakes to come into camp to bite the people, and even some of the people died, you can't help but to ask the question, God, why? Why did this happen? Why did you allow this to happen? And as I begin to study the scripture, God began to speak to me here in the word, and he began to show me that, you know what? How many know he's a good father? See, understand me this morning that God is a father. He's your father. He's my father. And how many know God cares about us? He loves his people. But we also know about a father. Watch this, is that a father is always busy, busy, preparing you for the future. And as a father, God was preparing the children of Israel for his plan within their life, that if he was going to give them a promised land. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you say I'm in the promised land? You already know God's been good to you. You already know God has blessed you. Many have been healed. You've experienced miracles. If you have that testimony, I want to tell you, you are in the promised land. And what God was doing here with his people is he was preparing them to take them out of an Egypt mentality into a promised land mentality. Come on, somebody. And see, I want to tell you that the reason God Allowed the children to go through the wilderness because the Bible says that he allowed them to wander in the wilderness to test what was in their heart. See, what is God trying to do to us? He's trying to get that poison out of us. Come on, somebody. He's trying to get those worldly things out of us. He's trying to get those old pains and those hurts and those old hang-ups and those old complex out of us. God is saying to you, Victory Outreach, this morning that where he's taking you, you can't take that old stuff with you. Come on and say something to me. You can't take those old hurts with you. You can't take those old pains with you. See, God wanted to remove the impurities that the children of Israel had gained when, when they were in Egypt. So here's the thing. How did God know they still had impurities in their heart? Watch this. That after God had given them the victory, watch. Instead of praising God, they complained against God. Oh, my God. You can always tell how someone uh, views God based on their praise. Oh, my God. See, every single one of us knows what it is to deal with that bratty child. Talk to me, church, that nothing is good enough for them. They're always complaining about what they don't have and the sneakers they don't have. And they don't got the iPhones Everybody got the iPhones? I don't got no iPhone. Talk to me, somebody. My phone's cracked. Well, you dropped it. Hello, somebody. You never do nothing for me. You never take me nowhere. I just took you to Disneyland last week. What are you talking about? You haven't even thanked me for that. Come on, somebody. And how many know that child that's always asking for more, but they have not even thanked you for what you've done for them already? See, what was God showing his people? You've got to learn how to give me praise, you've got to learn how to thank me for the miracle, you've got to learn how to thank me for the provision. Come on, are there any people here that have a reason to be grateful to God? Come on, somebody. Yes, you've declared word on your enemy, but when you look back at your past, you recognize that God has already been good to you. He saved you, He delivered you, He saved you free you're not the man you used to be you're not the woman you used to be i'm gonna need you this morning to take a moment and give god praise for his goodness if he's ever healed you if he's ever provided for you if he's ever expunged your record can i hear an amen if he's ever ever made a way where there seemed to be my way see some of you are not praising him because your egyptian mentality doesn't allow you to And what God did with the people, come on, somebody, he began to allow those snakes to bite them, to begin to teach them that he wanted to take them from pain to praise. See, God knew what he was doing. Tell your neighbor, God knows what he's doing. And what I love about God is that even in the midst of our pain, he always makes provision for our healing. Catch this, that long before there was a sinner in earth, there was already a Savior in heaven. See, God knows how we are. How many can say amen? God knows the things that we're going to face. God knows the things that we're going to go through. And God already made provision. Say, neighbor, God already made provision. He already knew what he was going to do. So, the, so Moses prays for the people, and then the Lord tells Moses to make a bronze serpent put it on a pole and what we see in this little symbol is that that's a foreshadowing of the cross of calvary the pole represented the wood the tree that jesus hung on how many are grateful that jesus hung on the cross for you and i how many of you believe that there's power in the cross of calvary the serpent represented the poisonous venom the poisonous venom of life The poisonous venom of sin, the poisonous venom of offense that comes when you're living in the world, when you're living in sin. How many know sin just wants to break you all the way down? In a moment, I'm going to talk to you about how sin just messes us up deeply. And the serpent represented that sin. See, how many know that life will bite you and life will leave you with injuries? And what Satan does through that venom is he wants to contaminate your faith. There are even people here this morning that you're walking around. You've got the suit. You've got the pin. You've got the tie. But your faith is contaminated. You don't really have victory. You don't really have true joy. You don't really have everything that the cross promises to you. But how many know you can get that this morning? Because there's power and there's healing in the cross of Jesus Christ. What the Bible tells us is that as long as the people looked at the pole, tell your neighbor, keep your eyes on the pole. (laughs) They lived. Ooh, that's powerful. That as long as you keep your eyes on the cross, you're going to be okay. Yeah, you might not be everything you want to be. But thank God you're not what you used to be. Keep your eyes on the cross. Yeah, you might not be that full grown man or woman of God that you desire to be. But keep your eyes on the cross. And we serve a God that can keep that process moving within your life. He can keep on healing you. Keep on giving you breakthrough. Somebody say, keep your eyes on the pole. It says as long as they kept their eyes on the pole. Watch. They lived. But watch the warfare, watch the warfare. Look at the warfare. Why did some die from the snake bite? Why do some die from the things of their past? Why do some of them, some die, some people die spiritually? Why? Why? Because, watch the warfare. Because the spirit of rebellion, bitterness, anger, grief, and sadness causes you to take your eyes off Jesus. Instead of praising God, For how he's been good to you in the past. You're complaining about what he has not done yet. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. And a lot of people, instead of thanking God for his power, they blame God for the problems. Oh my God. And what Jesus was trying to teach the people is this. And this is what I believe many of us need to learn this morning. Is that regardless of your circumstances... Regardless of what you're feeling, because how many of us Christians, we feel stuff. We go through stuff. We have things going on. There's waters that are turning in our life right now. But regardless of what waters are turning in your life, all God wants us to do is to go to him with it. Bring it to the foot of the cross. See, Jesus knows what we need. Because Jesus knows what it is to have the venom fill him up. And how many know that Jesus took the venom in you and put it in him, watch this, but he turned the venom into anti-venom. And how many know the only way you can take, make anti-venom is you gotta take the venom out of the very snake that bit you, and you gotta flip the script. And that's what Jesus did. He took your pain. He took your hurt. He took your brokenness. He took your grief. Come on, somebody. And he flipped the script. And he says, come to me. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take on my burden, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can come to the Lord this morning no matter what you've been going through. You can lay it down at the altar. You don't got to leave with the same pain. You don't got to leave with depression. Come on, somebody. You don't got to leave with fear. You don't got to be angry at that person anymore. You can make up with your spouse You can raise your kids in the things of God. You just got to come to Jesus leave it at the cross Get the anti-venom. come on somebody Someone say he's a good God Jesus says come unto me he Says don't go to them come to me. I Can heal your hurt. I can seek I can I can heal you of the venom that seeks to destroy you. So, why do people walk heavy and hurt? Why do they walk heavy? And I think the goal of these messages is that you won't walk so heavy. Come on, somebody. That God will pick your head up. That you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Why do pe- people walk so heavy and hurt in the house of the Lord? Why do they have poor relationships? Why do people have trust issues? You don't have to say amen. You don't have to say amen. But you got trust issues. Why do people act like they're serving God in church and go home and yell at everybody? Spank their kids violently. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying. They have issues. Why do they behave poorly outside the house of the Lord? Why are they still struggling with alcohol, struggling with drugs, struggling with addiction, struggling with problems? The Bible says my people perish for the lack of understanding. It's because we're not teaching you. No, Let me take that back. We are teaching you. You have not learned the power of the cross. You have not yet received that power into your life. You proclaim it with your mouth, but you do not receive it in your heart. We got to know what Jesus did. Look at Isaiah 53 very quickly. And then, I'll be, then we're going to come to the Lord's table. Just quickly. I'm going to just read it real fast. What did the Lord do for us on the cross? It says in Isaiah 53, in verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. As we hid, as it were, our faces from him, he was despised. We did not esteem him. says here, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Come on, somebody. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace. Everything we deserve fell on him. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, but notice that by his stripes we are healed. How many know God has healed us? Jesus has healed us this morning. Very quickly, what did Jesus do for us on the cross? Write this down. Number one, Jesus was despised and rejected by men. That's heavy. I was going to write was despised, but you know how many know Jesus is still being despised? The scripture says he is despised. I don't believe that that, that's an error because we're not speaking in past tense. We are speaking. The word of God is present tense. Are you hearing me? The word of God is here and now. Jesus was not despised. Jesus is despised. There's an all out assault on Jesus's power in America. Jesus knows it, was it it, what it is excuse me, to be rejected by men. Jesus understands rejection. He understands marginalization. He understands being put last. Can I hear an amen? David was a foreshadowing of David when his father, Jesse, didn't invite him to be anointed king. Jesus knows what it is to be rejected by men. And he knows that rejection hurts a person at a very deep level. Why are some of the people of God so hurt in church? Why, why do some of you really, you know, really struggle, like, in your heart? You, you know, you're here, but you really struggle in your heart because you know what the root of it is? The root of rejection. Some of us know what it is to be rejected by parents. I know what it is to be rejected by parents. I know what it is to have a father reject me. In fact, many of us have been rejected by parents. And because we've been rejected by them, it's left a deep scar inside of our heart. For whatever reason, they rejected you. Some of them rejected you unknowingly. They worked so hard trying to be the provider. I'm the provider. I'm the provider. I got to work. I got to work. And they worked so hard, they became a poor parent. Never went to your games. Never went to your football games. Never went to your ballet classes, whatever it was. Come on now. And it didn't seem like it affected you. But now, it's affected how you raise your children. It's, It's affected you. You have trust issues because someone hurt you deeply some people were not abandoned unknowingly some were actually abandoned knowingly like I know what it is to have a parent abandon you knowingly they just walk out of your life some of you were raised in the system some of you were raised in foster care some of you were raised by grandparents because your parents rejected you what about drug addiction alcohol it's not that your parents didn't love you it's just that they didn't they didn't love you right They were so caught up in drugs. They were so much in bondage. That drug had them in bondage. That alcohol had them in bondage. It wasn't your fault. But how many know that hurt you? That affected you. Why do so many people struggle with pain? It's because they've been rejected by important people in their life. The yokes of bondage have destroyed families. And there are people here that the healing you need is the healing of rejection. You need to understand that when you look at the pole, watch, when you look at the pole, when you look at the cross of Calvary, the cross of Calvary will break the spirit of rejection in your life. Watch this. The spirit, the anointing of Calvary, the power of Calvary is not a spirit of rejection, but it's a spirit of acceptance. That's what a fatherless generation needs to hear this morning. Am I preaching okay? That this fatherless generation, there are many fatherless walking around the city of San Diego and they need to understand that jesus has not rejected you jesus has accepted you he died for your sin you don't have to walk like a second class citizen you don't have to walk with your head held down you don't have to walk like nobody loves you and nobody cares about you if you feel that way you're in the right place because jesus loves you and jesus has a plan for you and jesus cares about you you have not been rejected my brother my sister you have been accepted now the Bible says that you have been adopted by God. This fatherless this generation needs to know that you have been adopted by a heavenly father who loves you, who heals you, who provides for you. And guess what? He strengthens you. I've got a word for you this morning. You are not an orphan any longer. You are a son. You are a choice picked by God. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Come on, somebody who knows this, give him praise today. Give him a shout today and give him praise and thanksgiving see if you've been rejected this morning you can come to the foot of the cross and you can begin to experience healing within your life the second thing Jesus did for us very quickly is that he he was acquainted not only with rejection but he's acquainted with our grief and our sorrows I want to tell you, if you're going through grief this morning or you've gone through grief this year or you've had sorrow in your life, maybe in the past, that's real pain. That's real pain. No matter how much makeup you put on, no matter what clothes you buy, no matter what kind of car you drive, no matter how many selfies you take, pain and grief is a real pain. And you know what I've seen in ministry? I've been doing ministry a long time. 25 years of ministry. I've been in this thing a long time. I'm not a newcomer. And I've seen a lot of people come and go in the house of the Lord because they've been stopped by grief and sorrow. They haven't been able to reach their full potential and be everything God has called them to be because some tragedy that happened within their life. I want to tell you, I can't promise you that tragedy won't happen. But I can promise you that we serve a God that understands people that have faced tragedy. I can promise you that. See, when someone goes through grief and goes through sorrow, sometimes they begin to say things like, I must be cursed. I was talking to someone the other day, some weeks ago, that they were telling me, What's wrong with me, Pastor? I feel like I'm cursed. I feel like I'm always cursed. Nothing ever works for me. Nothing ever works out for me. I can never get the breakthrough. You're talking about people getting blessed, and, and it seems like I can't do anything right. I can't get a break. I can't get a lucky break. Nothing ever works in my favor. Well, let me tell you, the reason they think that way is because they haven't yet been healed of their grief. And, that, and the devil loves that talk. Can I just tell you something? He loves that talk. The devil loves that talk. Ooh, when you talk like that, like I'm cursed. And I think, oh, the devil just, yes, that's my goal. I don't want God's people to overcome the grief. I don't want them to overcome the pain that life has brought them. Some of you have lost loved ones. You're still mourning them. Some of you have lost friends. You're still mourning them. Some of you went through a divorce. You're still mourning that divorce. Let me tell you something. That's why Jesus told that man, let the dead bury the dead. You serve God and do the work of the kingdom so I came to set you free in the name of Jesus this morning let the dead bury the dead it's over you're going into a brand new season this morning come on somebody the cross has made a way for you you say but what about my pain my friend let me tell you something you don't got to let that pain dictate your life you don't have to let that grief dictate your life You can receive healing by faith and grace through the cross of Jesus Christ. Where's the promise? Look at Isaiah 61. I believe it's quiet because some of you are understanding what I'm saying. You're really feeling what I'm saying. But I'll tell you, many of us, if we're going to get to that place God's called us to be, we have to overcome that grief and that sorrow and that tragedy within our life. Was it fair? No. Should it have happened to you? No. Were you wrongfully accused? Were you guilty? Maybe not. Maybe it wasn't your fault. Maybe you you took the brunt of it. But I came to tell you that God has a plan for that pain. Isaiah chapter 61. look Look at the promise of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tithing to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted. Have you been brokenhearted? Has someone wronged you? Have you been disappointed? There's healing for you. To preach good tidings to the poor. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To open prisons to those who were bound, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord but, but, and, and the vengeance of our Lord our God. Listen, to comfort all who mourn. Have you been in mourning? You know why some people never grow? Because they've been in mourning 10 years. Five years. Three years, everything's on hold. Their whole destiny is on hold because they continue to mourn and they don't understand that there's healing at the cross. Verse four, this is my favorite part to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. If you have ashes in your life, things that you have lost, things that have been broken, Things that have been stolen from you. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be bringing it to the altar this morning. I'll be bringing my golf clubs. My golf clubs are stolen and I'm mourning. <laughs> if you have things that you're mourning this morning, things that you've been holding on to, ashes in your hand, you could bring it to the altar. You could take communion this morning, you could say, "God, I need you to turn these ashes into something beautiful." If you've been mourning, you've been sad, yes, you smile, yes, you sing, but when you leave, there's a sadness in your heart. You could bring that to the, to the altar, you can bring that in communion. You could take that communion, and you can watch how God is able to give you joy for your mourning. You know what? I believe the greatest sign of somebody who's been healed is someone who's able to give God praise. Who's able to sing to the Lord. To shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Who's able to be healed. Come on somebody. That's the promise of the Lord today. And then the Bible says this as Matthew comes. Is that you will be called a tree of righteousness. Plant the planting of the Lord. That God may be glorified. Ultimately what? Does God get out of it? What does he get out of somebody who's been healed? He gets glory. He wants the world to see what he's able to do with a broken person. He wants the world to see what he's able to do with a marriage that's been healed, with a young person who's been uh, delivered from depression and anger and fear and wildness. He wants the world to see what he's able to do with a young man who's angry and bitter at life and at people and how God through his love, through the, through the Cross at Calvary is able to heal you so that you're no longer that angry man, that grumpy man, that man that yells and gives everybody dirty looks, but opens up your face and begins to smile and has the joy of the Lord brewing in their heart. Come on, somebody. How many know God gets glory out of that? When someone sees a person like that, they say it must be a miracle. There must be a God in heaven. AA couldn't change him. Uh, prison couldn't change him things of the world could not change him but we serve a miracle working god and god is able to change anybody he's able to take the stony heart and turn it into flesh i want you to i want you to stay seated with me i want to tell you this is so important especially in this service that if how many of you want god to use your life come on how many want god to use their life how many want God to use you to raise a great family, great husband, great business? Wave at me. How many of you don't want anything from the Lord? You're, you know, it's probably because you're so dead in sin. But if you really want to break through, then understand me, you can have all the money and all the possessions, but if you don't have the healing of God, There'll be no joy attached to what you gain. That's the truth. You'll be driving in a Beamer, 7 Series, and you'll be sad. He said, I have so many daddy issues. My dad's not even alive to see this Beamer that I made it with. You'll be sitting in a nice house, a beautiful home, million-dollar home, and you and your wife will be sleeping in separate rooms because there'll be no joy. There'll be no healing. You need this this morning. Some of you, if you're not healed this morning, you'll do ministry, you'll preach dynamic sermons. People will jump and shout and say, man, you're profound, and you'll go home sad. You say, man, God loves everyone else, but God doesn't love me. Everyone else is happy, but where's my joy? You need this this morning. How many want God to use them greatly? Come on, how many want to be everything God's called them to be? Then as we come to the table this morning, we need to do this. Everyone just cup your hands. And I want you to close your eyes. And this morning, as your hands are cupped, I want you to think about some of the ashes of your life. Oh, they're here. Everyone has them. There's not a person here who doesn't have ashes. And you need to begin to look over those things right now. Examine those things. Some of you have lost parents and brothers and sisters. Some of you had to come up in abject poverty. Life's been hard. Some of you have been hurt, talked down to, betrayed by friends. You see that there's breakdowns in your relationships, even how you raise your kids. You're starting to repeat some of the things that were done to you. And this morning, you need to look at those ashes in your hand and say, Lord, I need you to turn these ashes into flowers. Beauty for ashes. Lord, I haven't had the joy. I want that true joy. In all my work and all that I've been doing for you, God, I'm working hard, but I'm not getting joy. I need joy, unspeakable and full of glory. The world can't give me joy. Money can't give me joy. Accomplishments can't give me joy. Only the Lord can give me pure joy. And Lord, I need you to take these ashes and I need you to turn them into something beautiful. This morning, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, this message was a was a message for me. As we get ready to receive communion, all you need to do is this is repent. You need to repent in order to come to the Lord's table. If you're living in outright sin this morning, blatant sin, don't take communion this morning because the Bible gives a strict warning against that. But if you say, No, I want to repent, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want God to heal me. Then in your own way right now, I want you to begin to talk to God. Come on, all over this place. And you can begin to repent to the Lord right now. You can begin to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. Lord, I need you, God. Come on all over this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you just to prepare your heart this morning. Prepare your heart this morning. I want them to position themselves. Oh, begin to prepare your heart today right now. Young people, just say, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I want to have communion. Lord, I want to partake of the body and the blood this morning. Because I want the healing of Calvary in my life. Some of you have some deep hurts that, that... psychology can't help you with, that medical professionals can't help you with, that pills can't help you with, that only God can help you with. It's going to be a supernatural work in your life. Bitterness, anger, fear all flow out of hurt, all flow out of things that were done to us. And God wants to heal you this morning. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want everybody just to stand and we're going to be receiving communion at this altar but I want you to come today and I want you to come with a heart and a mind that says God I need you to heal me I believe God's going to heal marriages at this altar some of you individuals, singles he wants to heal you as well ministers, he wants to heal you you know ministers walk with hurt too They've been betrayed by disciples, hurt by people that they've worked with. Pastors need healing. Men in the home, women in the home, we need healing. Deep issues that God wants to heal. A pastor can't heal you. A uh, you know, program can't heal you. Only Jesus can heal you. So you're here this morning, and I, I know there will be a full altar. We're going to be uh, offering you communion in the aisle. You come receive your communion, and you come to this altar, and you spend time with the Lord. Come on and, and do that at this time. Hallelujah, hallelujah.